I went to Biloxi, Mississippi. Oh, okay. To play cards? Yeah, playing cards there. Then made my way to Fort Lauderdale. And I'm here. Is that when your is that when your brother moved there? Was when you moved there? No, I moved I moved there first. And yeah. um I think I was there a couple of years and I was just like Tito was Tito was back home, I think still doing the promoting the parties and stuff, and I was just like, you know, if you want to come down, you know, I got you know, I can help you, you know, get get your shit together, get situated or whatever. And he found 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 his uh he took that option. Yeah, he's like the king, man. Like every every everybody has him post on their stories and stuff. Every time you see his Sunday Funday post or his friends post, and like all throughout the week, man, he's got like a event he goes through like every single you, you, day. You guys, you guys and him are actually got resemble uh, uh, a lot of each other when it comes to like uh, uh, associating with people, or like you know, like uh, you know, like somewhat being able to, uh, um, I guess. Uh, What's the right word for it? Like, uh, communicate with people or just like uh, socialize with people? Yeah, like, like become friends with anybody kind of thing. Yeah, but really in like in a cool and open way. I, I know y'all been doing that forever uh, since I met you guys, you guys. You guys have always been pretty open and cool. You know, really, no matter no really uh, no matter who the person is in that regards. Anyway, yeah, I think that's what you should be like. Um... Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It, I don't think it's that easy to do because I can't really do it <laughs> to that to that degree. And uh, and uh, I think that's a lot of us aim aim for something in that nature, anyway. Yeah. So, um, do you just try to find like places that have casinos? I'm assuming is that how you move? Uh, first, the 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 way I've moved is based on the laws of the. Um, of the of the state or the city of allowing like uh poker gambling going on okay and like at first it was it was florida then it's like texas but um texas isn't really regulated enough and it's like houston is like a memphis i say but bigger mm-hmm. and even to me i feel like it's more dangerous oh really yeah then there's a lot a lot down there too right yeah flesh too it, so, uh, like, what are some of the places you're thinking about moving to? Like, what's on your list? Um, Austin, Austin, Dallas, or San Diego. Austin's fun. I've been there. I haven't been to the other two. Yeah, I like, I like, I like Austin just for like the outdoor nature uh, sort of thing of going hiking and just like taking my dogs out like that. Yeah. But, um, I'm not sure how well the uh, the action is there, but I like the scenery there pretty well. So are you done with Florida? I'm do what? Are you done? Yeah, I'm done with Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I might go back eventually, but yeah. that's probably my favorite city, but it's kinda poker isn't as good there anymore. Come on back to Tunica. Come to Memphis. You can live in Tunica. <laughs> yeah, I think my three my three days was enough there. I was like, I don't even know what to do there anymore. Yeah, it's uh definitely not much left. You got Gold Strike and Horseshoe. That's about it now. I mean you got a couple yeah. of little bit smaller ones, but that's- you know, like all the people go to Horseshoe or go strike. Right. I think they got like some private games or something there maybe, but I'm not really sure. So how did you get into poker? Um, you know, like uh, Easton Grill and uh, those places around there, they used to host like these, uh, these uh, free poker tournaments. And you went, you went, if you win, you win like a, uh, a bar tab or something. Okay. 
I don't know if you guys remember that, but around, around like uh, where's the bars over there on Kirby Wind, and there used to be one on uh, on Sixty uh, Road. Yeah, uh, East End. Yeah, East End Grill, and then there's another one like Pappy's or something. But like you'd just go on a random night, and they would have like a poker tournament. And it was just like that in the home games that you know, like friendly twenty dollars home games around around the neighborhood. Pappy's was the one that was on summer with a the they were they were crabs right. Like they're it's, I like think their it's on, I think I think it's on Kirby Witten. It's a small place right beside uh, uh, the the uh, motorcycle place. I think I'm not 100 percent sure though. That's a long time ago. So were you always good at cards, or just it took time to get good? No, I mean for me, I was playing pool at the time, so it's like uh, I was trying to figure out. You know, I'm like 20, 18, 20 years old, trying to figure out what. Uh, what uh route I'm taking, you know, because I don't really have like a, a good lucrative job option, anyways. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never played cards, but I would imagine it's skill involved with it. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of skill, but now it's mostly a lot of memorizations and uh, math sort of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of a certain type of skill you're you're supposed to have uh, uh, that would give you a little bit of an edge, probably. So how old were you when you got into playing pool? Pool, probably like 14, 15 years old. And so I, I don't know. Everybody can't see this, but David lost his arm. How old were you when you lost your arm, David? Five years old. And to be like a master pool player. <laughs> so I imagine like a lot of people probably assumed you couldn't play because you only had one arm. Did they try to hustle you? Yeah, it's a lot of hustling going on in pool. But m- mostly I would play like. And pool is like pool isn't like poker where it's just like in, in poker, me and you, if me and you play, you can still beat me randomly, you know, like in and in, in, in poker, like very, very uh a high percentage of the times. I just uh, would probably end up winning more times than you. But um in pool, like the best player just happens to win almost always. Yeah. And um like I would it, always, Oh sorry, go I'm sorry, go ahead. I would always play the, um, I guess, like the the person with money who would back like the better players, but I wouldn't exactly play like the best pool players like in the in the city or anything. So how old, were, how old were you when you first started playing pool? Did you say, or did, did I ask you that? Well, fourteen or fifteen years old. Yeah, you asked me that. So, how much of a transition was it, like to to pick it up? Like, uh, did you have to use a special tool, or how does that go? Yeah, um, my friend made me a bridge for me that I always carried everywhere. It's a, uh, they called it Miss Susie or something. It's just a, a little little bridge that I just carried and used with a stick. And so, did you watch people playing pool like on TV, or did you see a movie, or I mean, what enticed no, you? No, it, it was just a hobby. I didn't have nothing else to do, and it was uh, um, just enjoyed playing. Now, did you ever think about being professional with that? No, it was just something fun to do. It was—I could never be professional in that, but uh, it was something I took a lot of time into. But you're good enough to like run a table at a like a bar. Yeah, I'm good enough to beat probably everybody in a regular bar, but not good enough. <laughs> to be, not good enough. Not good enough to beat any professional anywhere. Do yeah. You, do you still play regularly or? No, nah, I haven't played in years. Man, one of my friends is kind of like you. Like he used to be, he used to play all the time, really good, could beat people, and he just decided not to play. Like he's like, man, I'm kind of 
I don't know if you burnt out on it, but like he's like I'm over it, man. His dad well, used to own the um, his dad used to own the Highland Q. Tim. Okay, cool. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, it takes too much time. So, like, if you want to play pool and actually be decent and enjoy it, it takes like such a high percentage of your life away. So it's like it's kind of tough to kind of do that and do anything else. So if the, you want to like pursue anything else, you know. Yeah. Do you play? Um. Do you do online? uh poker not really i did a little bit but not anymore too much uh too much cheating involved in that stuff it's just people you know that type of money involved everybody just uh takes every little edge so like it's just a lot of a lot of cheating going on so like how do you i mean i I just assumed that it was like regulated like is is, is there like apps and stuff people have created to help them win a hand or something no but like well, they're just like apps and you get added to a group or something. And it could be like you, you two could be in the same house and playing with life, you know, with, with on the same table, using the same cards and just telling each other what you have. It's just like, it's, um, nobody's supposed to be doing that, but I'd imagine a lot of people are probably doing that. And it's, uh, you know, with, with that type of money involved, everybody's going to be trying to, trying to, trying to take every spot. That makes so much sense. I never thought about that because you're absolutely right. Like there could be four of us right here on this table, all in the same group with game with you. And then boom, all of a sudden we all know what we have. So it means you have something less. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Yeah, and that like that, you, you cannot run that. So when did you know you were good enough to start playing in tournaments? Um, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I always knew it was just a gamble. It's like, like a, leap of faith I've, I've always taken and uh just happened everything's just always happened to work out somehow it's lucky really what was your first tournament win like a big win for you that you recall um not really sure i used to play a lot uh a lot of tournaments so i'm not sure which one would be the the actual first big one but i won a bracelet back in like 2011 a wsop bracelet and uh in Vegas. Is that when we saw actually, you out there? Yeah, it's actually one of the years uh, I've seen you guys out there. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I looked up I looked up that bracelet thing. That's so so like when you win a tournament, that's what you get plus the money, but the bracelet's more of like a thing than the money it's is. It's a trophy thing. It's right. like a, um it's like winning certain races or something. It's just like a prestigious event, I guess. So, can you tell us about your your most current um a recent tournament you were in? Yeah, that was the, um, that's the main event. That's like allegedly like the most prestigious event of the year that all the professionals come and play. And it's just like a, um, a buy-in within, within the reach that where anybody that plays poker, like competitively seems to find a way to make the buy-in to play. And, um, I think there's like nine thousand people. I got like, uh, I got thirteenth. Oh shit! You beat that many fucking people. Yeah. Damn, that's impressive, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. So, where was the tournament at? Vegas. And so, how did it dwindle dwindle it down to like nine thousand people? Like, how does that work? 
does nine thousand people go to Vegas, or I uh, mean, or is it like starting small pockets and then the yeah. end thing is in Vegas? Like I think it goes like um, you have like four four day ones, and then after you do the four day ones, it goes down to um, like two day twos, and then when you go from two day twos, then you start going to regular days where where you combine everybody in together. Jeez. And what was the grand total for like the jackpot? Uh, you mean if you win it, or yeah, if, if you want it, if you want it with ten million. Oh shit! Man. Remember when Chris yeah. Moneymaker won it, and it was like one point one million, like back in two thousand three or something like that. Yeah, I think and it was more than that, but yeah, it was like yeah. the biggest, you know, whatever it was at the time, yeah. and that that yeah. I mean, when ESPN picked it up, that's when it just it, it just blew completely up. Yeah, because I remember watching it on ESPN. I was like, "What is going on here?" Like, and this is really before the internet was really big. You know, before people could just Google yeah, stuff. It's people... actually, it's actually the like the main reason. It's almost like it sounds like a movie because his last name is Moneymaker, yeah. and he wins the he wins like the biggest tournament in the world, and he won it with like on like an online like you know like on a satellite where you you know like he paid like hardly no money like eleven bucks or something and won that, and then took it to Vegas. And then won the main event. It's almost, you know, it's, it, it look, it, it sounds like scripted. And then, you know, like just big poker boom came after that. So, do you have sponsors in poker, or how does that work? Is you just strictly just playing? Uh, for most, for most, for most of my my uh, poker stuff, I've been uh, backed, or like, or you have uh, investors or something. Okay. I did not know that's how that. Who worked. are some of your sponsors? He said he has They're not sponsors. It's a, it's a, it's a, I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't oh, call I'm it sorry. Because sponsors, you have you don't have to pay them money back. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and investors, you pay them. You pay them everything they invest in you, and and y'all split the profit. <laughs> so does that cover like your travel and like the pot or it like depends. your money to put into it? It depends on your depends on your deal, but usually no. Uh, it's like the, uh, a few few players get that deal, but hardly uh, nobody. Usually, they just put you in a tournament, and if you lose, you have to pay that money back, and it or it goes to a makeup a number, a total number that you owe them, mm-hmm. and you pay that number back, and you split once you like cover that cover to you know what I'm saying once you hit hit a big enough score to cover that number. So I would assume the goal is to be self sufficient, so you don't have to have an exactly. investor. Yeah, yeah. That's a, but it but it's tough to do with um with with the buy-ins and the um, expenses and everything for especially for tournaments anyway. Yeah. So what's a like a typical buy-in for a tournament? Uh, it ranges. It can go from anywhere from 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 it's hard to say three hundred bucks to. To ten to twenty five thousand, just depends on how how big you want to play. Yeah, wow. So, how much was the the entrance fee for the one that you just played in Vegas, the World Series? Uh, of ten thousand. Damn. So, there's a bigger one than that. There's way there's way bigger ones than that. Yeah. So, like, what's the biggest one? Biggest one? They think they probably have like a million dollar tournament or something. But that's the buy in. At the buy-in, yeah. Holy shit! Now, is that is that are those the ones that are overseas, like in Monaco and stuff like that, or no, they be, it's, can... it's one that they have like probably 
I don't even know if they have it anymore, but I've done it before. It's just mainly a small group of like high stakes players and, and a couple of, of like, you know, billionaires and stuff like that. Is the WPT just a different brand than the World Series of Poker is? Yeah, just a different brand. I got really you. Not, not that much different other than my, the marketing. But you guys can play in any of any of their in either yeah. one. I mean, definitely. Because yeah, I remember watching WPT up. for a little while, and they had those like I, don't, I can't remember who the host was, but like it was just seemed like it was faster paced, maybe or I don't know. It was just yeah. the, that time I was watching. It's just it's just based on how, how however they probably uh, put it on TV. So have you done any international driving with poker? Uh, just Barcelona. How was that? <laughs> Barcelona's amazing. I want to go back. Yeah, it's fun. It's probably, my favorite, probably my favorite city in the world. As far as food and uh, just party. <laughs> yeah, it's but, beautiful there, man. Yeah. And uh, they, they're known for like the gin and tonic. Like anytime you get a gin and tonic, there is a... a it's like fresh, you know, like you get a fresh cut, fresh, uh, fresh, uh, drink. Mm-hmm. It's not like, not like tapped or anything, I guess. Just refreshing. Would you consider moving there? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's where you want to go, but you'll sell it for Austin. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can dream that high, but we'll see. <laughs> Would you go to like playing like Macau or something like that? Uh, I would. I just don't. I don't really travel like that. Mm. What's Macau? It's in Asia. Oh, yeah, it's a city. But uh, yeah, man. Like uh, so. What is um, what is uh, like your next big tournament you're going to try to play in next? Do you have one set up, or is it just you're just taking a break right now? Uh, I've been taking a break trying to figure out where I'm moving, but I'm thinking of maybe going to play in Tampa. Oh, like that, the, the hard rock down there. Yeah. Tampa's fun, man. Or Trampa as they call it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, that's a, you live in a different world than most people. Like most people would never take that risk to, you know, play cards for a living. And not, yeah, I think that, I think that's, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but oh, you're good. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's kind of like the, the thing that I've seen when like people that I used to play with and they're just like, oh, I'm playing professionally and they probably had a little bit more skills than I did too, but they didn't have like the willpower to kind of like keep pushing the boundaries, I guess. It's, a uh, it's a certain type of like, uh, I guess dedication you got to get to where you like, un- like failing is, 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 for them, it's too too big of a risk, I guess. Versus mm-hmm. like, um, versus for me, I guess like it was a risk, but it's like, what else am I going to do? Like, I didn't have no other options. Like, uh, yes, I, I guess it's different for different. When you get older, it gets a, uh, I guess it gets a little bit harder on those on those uh, those avenues. Yeah, it's like I posted this thing today. It said, um, "Hold on a second. It's not because things are difficult that we don't we do not dare. It's because we do not dare that things are difficult." You know, it's like most people won't even start because they think it's going to be hard. Right. And it's just like you're never going to know what your ceiling could be if you don't take that first leap. Right. And a lot, I think a lot of times people sell themselves short. 
It's like, or they have outside influences that tell them they're not good enough or they're never going to make it because they didn't make it. Right. You know, it's that whole crabs in the bucket mentality. It's like people that are always trying to bring you down instead of lifting you up. And it's like, if you have a bunch of naysayers in your ear, you're probably going to think you you can't accomplish anything. You're going to think everything's yeah. too fucking great. And you're living proof. I mean, we, we need to talk about your, your backstory, too, because that's even more impressive from where you guys came from to where you're at now. So I know when we had your brother on here, he told us that, I mean, you could obviously tell this story better because you lived it, but y'all were playing around and then I think it was, uh, you fell down. Is that what he said? Yeah, we were playing around somewhere near where we used to live when we were like four or five, when I was four or five years old and, uh, my arm, we're playing around in the mountains. My arm swell up. They thought it was broken. So I had to wear a cast for like a month going to different hospitals, trying to figure out what's wrong. And eventually they found a hospital in Memphis. St. Jude back then was like the only hospital that you could go to for cancer, probably worldwide, that would treat kids. And somehow I was able to get connections to get me into Memphis, which is already like a ridiculous, like, like, you know, like thing they even attempt. And, um, they found the cancer and, you know, they saved my life. Yeah. I mean, it's it kind of like that thing. Like if you didn't fall, you possibly may have not known you had that tumor. A uh, hundred. If I didn't fall, I would be dead a hundred percent because that tumor was going, that tumor was going to my, it, you know, it was here, but like once it gets here, it's like pretty much like, you know, like they're not going to save that. You yeah. have to cut your head off probably. Damn. That's so wild, man. Like it's life is so funny, man. Like sometimes like if you zig or zag, it could send you in a different direction. And like, it, I, maybe I, if you guys have not been playing that day, I mean, like you said, you, we wouldn't be talking to you or we probably wouldn't even fucking know you. First of all, yeah. if you did live. Yeah, definitely. Know? I think we all have those, those somewhat like weird stories, but like every, my whole life has been like that, like where it's just like one step this way, one step that way. I'm just like alive and just like even like my poker career, it's like it's always just like, you know, it's just like things just fall in place. Yeah. So. Do you ever just sit back and think like, say, OK, say you didn't have the tumor. What would your life be like if you were still being Honduras? Do you ever think about that? Nah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's just too, it's just way too, just a different world. There's no way to even analyze that stuff. Cause sometimes I think about my life. If I still would be in Omaha, what would it be like? And what? I think it would be pretty bad. What do you think you'd be doing? <laughs> like, I, I like everybody I knew they, like, cause the way I grew up, they didn't believe in like secondary education or like, um, like anything that I've done in my life now. And so not knocking people, but there's a lot of people that I grew up with, like their parents were like janitors and stuff like that, like just real blue collar work. And Omaha is like not a big city. So it's just yeah. like if you don't have any education, especially at the time period I was growing up, I grew up like before the Internet was around. So there was like, you know, you're limited what you can do. So I just think that would be my life. I'd probably be married with kids and be miserable right now. Yeah. Do you think you would have been joined the uh, military at all, Tony? No, because that's against it, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Your mom was a witness, not your dad. I forgot about that. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, um, I think we're fortunate. Sometimes it may not, like, it's like they say, a blessing in disguise. Sometimes, like, the bad thing that happens to you could be the best thing that happens to you. Yeah, it seems, it seems to always be the case. And I think it depends on your mindset, too. 
Because you could have been like one of those type of people. It's like, woe is me. And obviously, that's not your personality. Yeah. You, know, you want to achieve shit. Yeah, it's just a uh, personality type, probably. Yeah. Because it's like you and your brother are like go getters, man. In different, in, in different ways, yeah. <laughs> in different ways. Your brother's a hustler, 100% of his job, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how he does it. He wakes up like bright early in the morning every day. I was like, dude, he gets up at you know two a, two a.m. I would still be trying to like figure out a way to get out of bed at noon, you know. Well, it's crazy because like he'll there'll be like a story post on his Instagram, and I look at it, and then it's like they'll say like three hours ago or four hours ago, and this was like at four like four in the morning or five in the morning when I'm getting up, you know, and yeah. like all of a sudden at like eight o'clock or eight o'clock their time, it's uh. He's got some good posts posted and it's like inspirational as fuck. And he's traveling like, you know, that hour route he takes or whatever. Right. To, to yeah, hit those yeah. stores. I'm like, dude, you were just out till like one o'clock. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't know how he does that. That's some superpower shit there. So, you got to have a skill set. <laughs> so as far as the, the treatment process work, do you remember that? Or were you too young to kind of recall that? What do you mean, like the uh, amputation and then the chemotherapy and yeah. stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in a, in and out of the hospital basically most of my childhood, but it's just um, basically making sure that the cancer doesn't come back and stuff. But chemotherapy was like for like a year. And how rough was so, that? I think it, I can't remember much, but I'm sure it's pretty rough. It, it, it screws me up now, just like memory and stuff like that. There's a lot of like uh, long term side effects of it of it but it's um not very good that's for sure yeah like i was recently hanging out with somebody and they went to saint jude when they were a child and she like now has long-term effects so i think she had leukemia right so it's like with the blood and so like now she she can't have children even if she wanted to have children like like uh like she doesn't have periods like a normal person her age would have and so it's like it's kind of screwed with her mentality a little bit. But, you know, she's grateful that she's here. But also, you know, you kind of missed out on some of the stuff that some people probably take for granted. Yeah, definitely. A lot of a lot of little stuff like that or even like how maybe her her um, her vitamins and stuff might be have an imbalance to where, you know, like you have to take certain vitamins to make sure like you're you're feeling well or like like, you know, don't get too bad of anxiety and stuff like that. It's just a lot of little little nitpicking things. Yeah, like I said, everybody's always got it worse, and I just don't think a lot of us think about that. Like, uh, I was sick last week, and, like, right now I'm healthy, like, at least on the surface, and, you know, you don't really think about that. But then there's somebody walking around that may seem like they're healthy, but they have stuff that they just don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on with them. So that's why I always say you just got to be kind to everybody because you don't know what somebody's fucking dealing with. Just because they look like they're fine doesn't mean they are fine. Yeah, I agree. Like I had, I had a um, what is it? H. pylori. Have y'all heard of that? Uh, uh-uh, what is that? H. pylori is a, a it's a bacteria in your gut, but it uh, it it it'll eat eat the um, eat the inside of your guts and like cause cancer. Oh, but shit. if you if, if if you don't treat it, but I had a H. pylori a few years ago. And it makes you super tired. You can't eat anything because it gives you like really bad heartburn. And it's, uh, you have to take like a triple like thing of an- antibiotics to make it go away. 
or else it, you know, like you could potentially die or, or, um, you know, cause even worse stuff, but it, it causes like ulcers and stuff. I think like half of the world, half of the world and population have it, but I guess like in the third world countries, you get, um, since you had it, since it was a kid, you're able to like, uh, control it better or like, mm-hmm. like, um, live with it. But here in the state, if you get it, most of us get really sick. Mm. Is it kind of like how they can deal with their own water, but then we go over there, we get sick. Right. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you build up an immunity to it. Yeah. That's so wild, man. So how did, how, so that was, you said you dealt with that recently. That was like probably like five years ago, six years ago, but I had to like change my whole diet. I tried to get, I tried to take the holistic approach first, but mm-hmm. it, that didn't work. And then I ended up getting uh, like antibiotics and had to had to do it that route. And they eventually got it to go away. Wow. But, but, but like you said, someone could be sick, but you don't you don't know that they're actually sick. And yeah. it's just like exactly. But they're actually like super tired dealing with dealing with the shit. Can't get out of bed, you know, and it, it, it screws you up. Yeah, this this like uh, this vessel we have is so important, man, to take care of it. And it's just like sometimes it it fails us. Obviously, it's not perfect, but if we can try to do our best with it, I think that's the best thing we can do. And I think sometimes we just we just neglect it, you know. Like um, we just figure it's going to always be there. You know, sometimes we take care of our cars and our houses better than we do our bodies. Definitely, that's why that's why I like. Uh living in south florida the culture there of like health lifestyle is is just like embedded into like the next you know what I'm saying it's just like culturally it's like when i go somewhere and eat i know i'm gonna eat healthy you mm-hmm. know like I know i'm gonna get something something you know uh healthy compared to like here when i moved here it's like i go to a restaurant it's like the the menu to get anything healthy is like almost non-existence you know anything enjoyable anyway but like in 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 fort lauderdale or miami it's like you can go to 20 restaurants and they all have like plenty of healthy stuff and like the bum on the corner or or you know like the homeless person down the street you know is jacked (laughs) (laughs) he's like he's like like, got a six-pack and and you know biceps and everything yeah it's like you go get a a salad it's probably got like fried chicken on it or something and doused in fucking you know, salad dressing. Yeah. So did I see the other day you posted something about like uh, psychedelics? Uh, yeah. Are you been in into the psych- that world? Yeah. I've been in the psychedelics, uh, for some years now. What are some of the ones you've uh, dabbled in? Um, uh, mostly, um, uh, mushroom acid, um, DMT, um a few other other plants that aren't coming to my head but um ketamine so what was the uh, reason why you got into it? was it just trying to reset your brain or were you just trying to go down a different path at first it was just like music and just kind of like music festivals just kind of like dabbling into it just trying to have a good time and then i started to realize that they have like a lot more benefit than I'm giving them credit for. And for me, it's to just like 
level my life up to reset and kind of like help me pursue the things that I'm trying to get into and uh, basically just trying to make myself a better human some sort. 100%. So what is uh, what's your favorite? Would you say mushrooms are? Uh, I think mushrooms are the um, right now. Yeah, on my top of the list for favorite on 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 trying to um, you know reset my life or just like trying to get through old old past trauma type of things and uh, just like uh, things where you don't need assistance from other people but can do it yourself. Sort of like plant, you know. Yeah. What is um? What is what is ketamine do? Like I know I've heard of it, but I just don't know what it does. Ketamine is uh like at low doses. Low doses, it's like a, a gives you a little bit of energy, and you know helps with like anxiety and stuff like that, and it helps you in like social settings, and it lasts like probably like thirty to forty five minutes. But in high doses, it turns in high doses it turns into like a um, a psychedelic, and it becomes a more like a full-on, you know, um, you know, trip experience anyway. It's like I saw this thing one day. It said, talking about people microdosing mushrooms, it's like you want to do enough to like just feel good, but not till you see like the trees breathing. So I would imagine yeah. it's like if you do too much ketamine, it would be like yeah. a, another level. Because I know I've done yeah, mushrooms and I've done a bunch, like too much for my first time. And I saw some weird fucking shit, man, like. But then I've done it in smaller doses, and you just kind of feel like good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the, the thing is, it's like it depends what you what you. They're both the same in that I guess that aspect where you can do a little bit and go socialize with people. But like, if you want to like really do any kind of like work on yourself, you have to go past that that threshold, I guess, to kind of like uh, experience uh, any kind of like change in your life, I guess. So did you know, like, internally that there was something that needed to be fixed? Um, I didn't know until I started, I guess, dabbling with that stuff. And uh, and I guess that stuff kind of opens you up in that regard. And really, I got to owe it to, like, going to music festivals first and then just kind of, like, seeing how the festivals work with community and just, like, trying to better, better, better the world sort of thing. But then it's just like then it's like the uh, the plants and stuff help you open up to that stuff. How do you feel about all these people that like demonize it? Uh, do you think it's I just think lack of education, or yeah, they have uh, like an ulterior motive, like they want to pump pharmaceuticals, possibly? Uh, both. So yeah. it's a little both. People are aren't educated, and it's just so easy to, uh, I guess, like tell the mass what what what's right and what's wrong but once you once you're in the world once you like actually go into it and know that it's like a personal growth and it's just like not really about like everyone else it's 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 a kind of life-changing sort of stuff yeah because it's like you know these same people probably consume alcohol or consume shitty food but then they'll talk shit about yeah something Uh, that's natural yeah 100 percent. so it's just like you can't really, it's really hard to even have a conversation with people like that because it's just like, like they're going out, you know, doing shots of Patron and eating, eating, you know, uh, McDonald's at 4 a.m. But mm-hmm. like, not to knock on any of that, but it's just like, you can't talk to me about actually, uh, actually, you know, self-development or any kind of like conscious, conscious, mm-hmm. healthy stuff, I guess. 
Yeah, because like my buddy of mine, before I did anything, like uh, I think it was when he did ayahuasca, and I was asking him about it, and he's like, it's like describing to somebody that can't see color what colors are. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, so, and then once you do that kind of stuff, you're like, okay, I can definitely see what you're talking about. Yeah. Have you? Would you ever do ayahuasca? Is that on your journey next? I'm actually doing that next weekend. Oh shit! I, I had to hear your experience when you get done with it. Because like, yeah. when I did it, like you always hear, oh, you like, did it? yeah, yeah, I did it uh, <laughs> last September, I think, or something like that. And you know, you always hear people's experiences, like they they vomit, they cry, they shit themselves. Some people, you know, horror stories. Yeah. And so when I went there, you know, I didn't really have a fear of it. I just didn't know what to expect. You know, like I always just like I said, heard everybody's typical thing. So like I assumed Lisa I was going to throw up. And I get there, and they're like, "Have you done any?" Um, um, research on this or looked up any videos like on YouTube or whatever. And like, yeah, I've looked at videos and people have told me their stories and they're like, their story is not going to be your story. So everybody's yeah. journey is different. And that's the thing about psychedelics too. I think people should tell people there are like, some people have bad trips, you know, that's just, that's just a thing. Like you could probably have a good trip one time and the next time you're going to have a bad trip or vice versa. Definitely. Yeah. So it can't always be sexy, you know, but I think the, like you said, the benefits outweigh the negatives, I think. Yeah. What? Well, the, mo- the most important thing, I think, is going to those spaces with your intentions. So, like, when you know when you know what you want to get out of it, those 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 spaces, when they get tough, aren't as, you know, as as what is it as difficult for you to get through, I guess. Mm. Where, it's a, where it's like if you just go, you go somewhere and you take something. And you don't know which which part of your brain you're trying to you're trying to go, and then you're all of a sudden you're lost in in, in some sort of like uh, you know space that you can't get out of, and you're just like then you just you know start panicking and stuff like that. Then yeah, you're gonna have a bad trip because you don't know where you're setting your intentions on. But uh, and I've been there, and and that's just like from from you know personal personal stuff. But learn to try to, uh, you got to go into those spaces with respect and a sense of, uh, you know, gratitude and uh, a sense of, uh, you got to learn to surrender to stuff and know that you're not actually, you know, you don't, you're not the one in charge. 100%. Yeah. Cause like, I remember when I was sitting there, I was like, before I went, I thought I was going to see, cause I had a roommate of mine that passed away. And I was like, well, maybe I'm going to see Josh. And then like, thinking about that kind of thing. And then I realized once I was doing it, I had no control. It was not my, I wasn't driving. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like, and um, I think if you take like high dose of mushrooms, you could probably talk to Josh directly, mm. but, uh, but um, yeah, I think it's, it, um, I don't, I'm not sure how ayahuasca works um, or I kind of want to hear your experience on it and how that, how that go, how that went. So, okay, when I got there, um, we were in a, like, they had this room set up for everybody. It was probably, like, 17 of us total, and they had uh, a shaman and, like, three advisors. And so they they started out, and they, they asked who had done ayahuasca before, and I was the only one at the time that had done it, because they had, some people had done it the night before, because they did two mm-hmm. uh, two-night ceremonies. Right. And so, uh, you know, I told them I had never done it before, and they're like, okay, cool. And then that's when they told me the thing about like, it's, you know, what my experience isn't going to be somebody else's experience. And then um, we had to do this thing. It's called a rape. 
where they put like this tobacco up your nose. That fucking uh, shit burned, man. <laughs> I have that here. God damn, man. It burned so bad. It felt Wait, like uh, it I have felt the like, here. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it, do it. Do it a couple times a week. It felt like chlorine. Does it feel like chlorine to you? No. Nah. What oh, is it supposed to do? It it's supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to clear like clear your clear your uh, mind. No, I, oh. I forget how they describe it, but it like clears, it like resets, kind of like how you use ginger every time you eat something new or what it clear oh, your palate, yeah. basically. Wow. And I did that. You have to do it on both nostrils. And then I, I did that. I was like, fuck, man. And I went back to my little palate and then I felt kind of high off it. I don't know if you've ever experienced that for like I felt kind of like uh, light. Yeah. And then I laid down and then everybody in the circle, like it had a circle go around. Everybody went up and got their cup. And so it got to my turn. I get my cup and I taste it. And everybody told me it tastes like shit. I didn't think it tasted that bad. It tasted like like beef broth to me. Hmm. And so I, I take my cup and I'm sitting there. And this one lady was like, I'm going to cry the whole time while she does it. As soon as it activated in her, she started crying. She cried the whole ceremony. And then um, then I oh, started. The lady next to you? Uh, she was like across the room from me. She was crying the whole time? Yeah, she was crying the whole time. And then like. I remember uh, people just started vomiting. It was like a chain reaction. And I was like, oh, shit, when's my turn coming? Because they give you a bucket. And I'm sitting there with my bucket. And, um, oh, my nose was, like, running from that rape shit. It, like, it was, like, draining me, basically. And so I was, like, blowing my nose. And then I, I, I went up and got my cup. And then I sat back down. And I was sitting there, and I was like, I'm not seeing anything. Because I remember my buddy, he told me, like, he saw, like, this little green orb, kind of like a Tinkerbell, like, in front of him. And I was like, man, I'm not seeing anything. Like, uh, am I defective? You know, like, what the fuck is going on? And then I was like, oh, shit, it's probably, like, DMT. I need to close my eyes. Or, you know, like, I, I mean, like, mushrooms, you know? Yeah. And so when I closed my eyes, I started seeing, like, what I remember seeing when I did mushrooms and DMT. Like, these, like, kaleidoscope patterns that you don't normally see in yeah. everyday life. I was like, this is fucking cool. And then I remember seeing like this matrix stuff fall down on top of me. It was like green, like this green shit. And then I remember feeling like somebody was lifting me up and I felt warm, like somebody was hugging me. And then I was like, okay, this is really cool. And then I saw this buddy of mine who died. He killed himself. And we had a conversation, David, but he didn't speak. It's fucking weird, man. It's hard to describe, but like we had a full on conversation and I remember kept saying I was sorry to him. And it's not like I'm the reason why he killed himself or anything like that. But it's just like I felt like maybe I could have been there or, you know, like our our relationship had dissipated like, you know, a couple of years before he had killed himself. And so then, like, you know, it was basically like everything was resolved and, you know, like that was gone. And then he disappeared because it was weird because he looked like a he was on a trading card and he looked like Deadpool. He was like red and black, but it was him. And um, then I remember seeing my dad's mom who died when I was like 17, my senior year of high school. I remember seeing her. And then somebody like I don't know why these people, but they had moved down in front of my little pallet and. They bumped into my leg, and I thought it was a dog or something. And I get up, I look up, and it's them. And then all of a sudden, the guy that was in front of me, he's just, like, vomiting profusely in his bucket. And then when I tried to go back to see the the my grandmother or mother ayahuasca, she was gone. And so the rest of the time, like, because we were there for, like, six hours. 
And the rest of the time I just saw, kept seeing like cool shit. And, um, but I never felt that like warmth again after that, after that. You um, only did it one day. Yeah. I didn't. And I didn't do multiple cups. Cause you, they said you can keep going back and doing cups, but, uh, I just only did my one. And then this is my favorite part. Like not even that stuff I just mentioned was my favorite part. My favorite part was they do what they call a fire ceremony and they have people go around a fire pit and they're talking about like, what do you want to throw into the fire? And so everybody that was sitting around, like told their story. Like some people were like, I didn't love myself. Now I love myself. This helped me beat addiction. This helped me, you know, conquer my fears. To me, that was the most beautiful part. Right. So well, that's your, that's basically your intention when you're going in. That's like, that's, that's setting your intention on what you want to get when you're, when you're there. Yeah. Like what I was talking about earlier, it's like going into these spaces with like intention to do, to get something out of it or else you end mm-hmm. up in la la land, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. It was, uh, it's definitely, I would recommend it for a lot of people. I mean, if you don't have any type of like, I guess, like mental issues. Um, yeah, I, I could probably have some. I might have some mental issues, but uh, I'm trying to find. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to find them. But I, I like how you told your story because, like, you you seeing these things and and stuff like that. But you didn't. You didn't like when seeing these these things. You didn't put fear into those things when you were like watching them. Where it's like me, I have like a lot of fear in those spaces. So like, I might have a little fear when mm. I look at those sort of things. But like you telling me that stuff. It's, yeah, I think it's helping me open myself up for when I when I'm like get ready for the for that type of experience. You know? Yeah, yeah. Tony, how I, long? I'm 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 I want to hear yours after you're done. Like we need, I'm going to reach out to you. Yeah, I'm Tony, doing three days. So Tony, how long were you like when you saw Mother Ayahuasca? How long were you? How long do you think that was? Like, how long was all that going on? Like, do you know like time frame maybe? Hmm. It probably activated probably like 30 minutes after I took it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't ever remember seeing a physical being like a mother ayahuasca. Maybe she's the green thing that came down upon me. Right. But I don't because like I've heard people say they saw somebody. I don't recall seeing somebody. I just felt somebody. Yeah. I hear people say they like feel her and you're able to communicate with her and somewhat like I guess like in a telepathic way. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe those people wouldn't have bumped into me. Would I have had a conversation with her? And also maybe your journey with her would have gone longer. It's possible. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with my experience. Cause like I said, I, I that's, um, that's something I never thought I would do. Like, right. I grew up like anti anything, like, like just say no to drugs type people, you know? Yeah. And so, like, you learn that this stuff is medicine. It's not drugs. Definitely. The government says it's a drug. Then, you know, everyone that's on that side, oh, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. But, like, when you made that post, and I tagged Tony, and I think, yeah, I think I tagged him in it. I was like, man, you know, like, everybody sees this. It's crazy how you see more people that you're friends with post things like this about psychedelics and mushrooms and DMT and all that stuff. Yeah. It's becoming more socially acceptable. That's why. And it's like where if I would have posted that maybe five years or 10 years ago, or maybe they would even took it down, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, like, uh, uh, just like with like the mushrooms, like 
I did like a high dose before doing that tournament. And while I was in that space, it was just showing me to, uh, you know, to learn to have gratitude and to surrender and be thankful for everything and just learn, 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 learn a little bit more about that stuff. But it's also like showing me that I need to, uh, you know, like push that on people, just like let them know that they can, you know, you know, have some sort of benefits from it too. Like, you, like don't take my word for it. Just go do it yourself and you experience it and see where it takes you. You know, it's, uh, um, so I did like five grams or something like a week before my tournament. And I think, uh, if I wouldn't have done that, done that, I don't think I would have gotten that far. It just kind of helped me uh, get to that get to that place I needed to be, I guess. Yeah, it's it just seems like there's so many stories like yours where it's done more good than bad for people. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, I just don't understand like some people that are like against it. Like, what is your holdup? You know, like because, like I said, we mentioned that people do. People will drink and drive. People will fucking do all these other hard drugs or eat like shit or whatever. And it's just like this thing that is a plant you're fearful of. Or is it like you're you're scared that you the ego like letting go? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh that's a that's a big step for everyone, I guess. I I think they're 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 our alliance, you know, like all the plants are like some sort of like we're here to be uh what is it uh what's the right right word for it but like uh coexist with each other kind of like help each other like get through whatever we got going on here so do you have people in your life that are like anti it or like why are you doing it uh probably but i just don't really socialize with that that many people like that i guess yeah stick to myself so what, like, do you believe in microdosing or do you just do like hero dosing most of the time? I believe in it all. If it just benefits you, whatever, I mean, whatever floats your boat, I guess. I think it, it should be open for anybody to kind of experiment and see what, see what, it, see where it helps them on. I believe, I believe microdosing is, uh, I've tried it some, but I just, I, I, I prefer to higher dose and just get it over with, but I, I believe there's benefits in it all. So do you remember the first time you did them and like, what was your experience like? Um, for mushrooms, I yeah. guess at a festival. Yeah. I remember my experience. What was your first time like? Uh, just like incredible, just open experience. was just like feeling full of love and just, just joy and a uh, sense of, feeling or like being with, with, with everyone with music and being, you know, in rhythm with everything is pretty, just a enjoyable experience, I guess. Yeah. I think I, oh, I'm sorry. What were you about to say? I think that's generally what, what I guess like the, the normal thing you're looking for when, I guess when you're going to, uh, to a music festival and taking mushrooms, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What is, um, what is Tony, you said microdosing and what was the other thing you said? Hero? Like hero dose, like just taking a large, oh. a lot of grams. So five grams is a lot? Yeah. Okay. So what's a, what's a regular dose? Like I, I would assume like if you just want to not see fucking trees breathing, yeah. like one cap. So that's yeah. one little thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that a gram? 
Uh, well, you have to weigh it out. Oh, I mean, okay. there are different sizes. But, yeah, I would say probably a gram would be a good place to start. Yeah. Probably 1.5, 2, two grams, maybe. Yeah, like I said, it's just um, it's the whole thing of just letting go, man, and just realizing. you. I mean, we're not in control of our lives technically, really. I mean, we can die at any fucking given time. We don't know when our expiration date is. So yeah. it's like, why worry about this thing being in control of you when you're not in control of other people's actions and your own body. I mean, we can do enough to get by, but all of us could die at any given moment after we get off this conversation or during this conversation. We don't fucking know. Yeah. Well, for me, it, it kind of like, uh, it helps with the idea of dying. It's, to me, it's an, it's an as, as, uh, before psychedelics, I, I, I'd be a lot more afraid of the word dying, I guess, mm-hmm. compared to like now it's like, I feel like we just go to another space or something. I'm not really, uh, I don't really like, I don't want to value dying that much. You know, like I think, I think the value of living and dying is both equally like important, important, but it's like, I don't want to like overvalue dying you know it's yeah. like it's we're all gonna die and it's just like we should uh, be grateful for the experience here but that time's gonna come for everybody 100%. whatever that is yeah it's like um you can either accept it or you can try to fight it and yeah. i don't know anybody that's fighting it and living <laughs> i mean everybody it happens to us all and i don't right. think a lot of people like sit back and think about their demise enough it's not something you should just dwell on, but you should realize it's going to happen to you. Yeah, then, it should. It should be like it should never stop you from doing whatever you want to do. You know, like it, it, the uh, the the chance of, I guess like death versus like something you want to try to pursue or or, or attempt. Mm-hmm. You should probably try to just like do it. like if you want to go mountain climbing or something. You know, like it, just like random random stuff that yeah, you're going to have a chance to like hurt yourself or something or die, and but like take that leap and you know you might die but like i'm not sure like that's actually you're gonna die or what you're gonna what space you're gonna go to next you know and then it's like if you don't die then you have a story if you if you don't try then you don't have a story you're gonna have nothing but regrets and on your deathbed what do you want to have stories or regrets stories and i'm sure there's a lot of people that are dying as we're speaking right now that have a lot of regrets. They're like, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have spent more time with this person. I wish I wouldn't have said that to that person. Well, those regrets, those regrets. And, uh, uh, the, when you have those regrets, you basically are dying. Like, mm. I mean, like when you, when you, when you're not taking those chances, you're, you basically are dying. And I think that a lot of that is from how we get illnesses and stuff like that from, from like, you know, not, not being open to yourself to do the things you want to do. Yeah, because I think a lot of people just live in fear, man. They let fear control their whole life. And it's just like, just be more open to experiences and new ways of thinking. Because if you're the same person you were 10 years ago as you were today, then like you said, you're pretty much are dead because you're not, you're stagnant. Yeah. And there's so many people right now that are dying that would kill to be in our position right now. Kill to have like an extra hour of life. It's like they even talk about like, Somebody in a desert, if you're going to offer them a million dollars or some water, what do you think they're going to take? And if they're stranded and they have no way of getting out, they're going to want water. Right. So, like, 
you gotta you gotta realize what's important in this life and this journey we're on. And most of us sometimes strive for the wrong things and and don't appreciate the things that we have. And you know, like it's nice having possessions, but we can't take them with us. Definitely. You know, you want to leave this world better than you came into it. You just want to be a good fucking human. And if you're not doing that, I think you're just wasting this beautiful. I mean, like they what do they say it's like four hundred trillion to one that you have a chance of being a fucking human in the first place. There's something yeah. like something insane. So like to to take advantage of this life and not take every opportunity you fucking can to do it. It's like what do you, what who broke you, and like figure out how to unfix or unbreak that that un undo what they did to you. Because sometimes like it's it's sometimes there's there's outside influences that make people think the way they think. But once you're an adult, you have to figure out. Is this the reason or is this the path I want to continue going down or do I want to do something else? Do I want to be a victim or do I want to be the winner in my story? Right. That's why I like I like you guys story, because I see I see Raul was doing the health stuff and and, and going to the gym and doing doing all that stuff. And you guys doing a podcast and stuff, that stuff uh, it's motivational for people, especially from the area that we come from. You know, like people just don't aren't really they want to do that stuff too you know they're just like they're not willing to put their stuff out there and uh actually you know get their hands dirty or get their feelings hurt or whatever it is that they that they that they that they want to do but you guys are really uh i think are, are very beneficial for uh our community or like in memphis and stuff like that or even like when you guys were doing the thanksgiving stuff a few years ago or whatever and uh you know just like stuff like that it's just it's, we need more of that i feel like I appreciate that. Uh, man. Thank you, man. Gives, gives, uh, gives, uh, gives a lot, gives people, you know, uh, uh, a sense of direction or a sense of, uh, all right, I, I, maybe I can, I can, you know, get my shit together too, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you should always try to be the, like, in a good example for people, you know, like, you don't have to be preachy about it, but I think, like, I mean, you're a perfect example too, man. Like, you had cancer. Became good at pool, and you're fucking an amazing poker player. Right. And you came from, and like, I think, do you think that's an immigrant mentality too? Um, not necessarily. I think it's more of a, uh, uh, maybe genetics and parents, uh, parents mentality, I mm. guess. Well, I wonder if that's instilled with them because, I mean, like, not not talking shit about Americans, but a lot of Americans are lazy, man. They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to achieve anything. They they want they want the easy route. And it seems like a lot of people that come here from other countries hustle harder than some of us do. I think we have to. Though. We, 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 I mean, when you see your parents growing up working working their ass off, it's just uh. I think when you're, I guess, like you're here, you kind of hand, get handed stuff and it's just kind of, uh, or you're so used to being told what to do that you just want to fall in place where wherever that line may be versus yeah. like, like, I guess like an immigrant mentality is just like, we got to bust our ass at some, some point, something's got to be done one way or the other, I guess. Yeah. Cause I wish a lot of people from here could see how other people live in other countries because when you go to another country and you see what they're dealing with on a day to day basis, a lot of the things you gripe about here are not that fucking bad. Granted, we all have fucking problems. That's not I'm not disputing that. But when you go to another place, like I mentioned water, like there's a lot of people that don't have clean drinking water. 
and we can go to a fucking tap and get it, you know, and we don't have to worry about it. Some people yeah. are walking miles wow. to get fucking water that's not even fucking fresh. You know, so I just think yeah, that. My mom, oh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. That's what my, uh, my, I guess like my family was saying when we were going to, when I was visiting them this week, it's just like, we're li- we're all lucky to be here because uh, back, back in Honduras, this, the situation wasn't quite clear as, as pretty as it may, may look today, where it's just like the, the, uh, the opportunity to make wealth or to make any kind of like money in Honduras is almost non-existent. Yeah. It's like there and a lot of other countries in the world, if you're, if you're born poor, you know, or your parents have like a little shop in front of the house, you know, that's what you're going to end up doing more than likely. Cause like you just said, there aren't many opportunities to become, you know, big and all that kind of stuff in those countries. But when you come over here, you have an opportunity, you know, your parent, you, you know, you, you have a better opportunity to do that. Well, just even like looking at how here in America, we have government assistance, like yeah. other places that let's say like a third world country, they don't have that fucking option, you know? So I don't know, man. Like I said, there, it's definitely not easy for people here. I don't want to paint that picture, but I just think that there's opportunities that people can try to strive for. And like I said, I think with the the introduction of the internet, it's going to open up hopefully eyes to people that there's, they can do other things besides what's in front of them. They don't have to be like the people on their block. You know, they can be better. Well, it's like, I had this guy um, with me on my route uh, this week and um, he asked me on either yesterday or Thursday, he goes, why is everybody that we see, why is every store owner that we see, like, uh, you know, Middle Eastern or from another country and stuff? I was like, well, most mainly is because when they come over here, they bust their ass and then they ended up buying the store from the person or whatever, or their cousin owned the store and gave them the opportunity to work in the store to say, you know, get money and stuff like that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, $10 a year is a lot of money back over in Jordan or, uh, you know, wherever they're from, Egypt and stuff like that, or $15. And he was like, well, I just don't get it. Like, every single person that we talked to this on this whole week is you know, pretty much like he said, like my color. And I was like, well, that's because, you know, they, they asked their family to come over, help them with the store and this and that or whatever. And then they just end up busting their ass and they end up buying the store from that person. And then they just keep on getting another store and it keep, they just keep on going. Yeah. That's, 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 that's crazy. I just got an email. <laughs> it's so weird. Cause it's by the same person I quoted earlier. Um, but it says most people say that life is too short. But is life short or do we make it short by wasting time? And then there's a quote from that guy that I quoted earlier. It said, it's not that we have a short space of time, but that we waste much of it, which is so fucking true, man. I mean, there's so many of us that are just fucking just passing by in life and not doing anything with this fucking life that we're given. You know, it's just like, it's just, it's kind of sad, man. It's because like, I don't know how old you are, David, but I'm 43. So, like, I don't want to be 63 and be like, fuck, man, I didn't do anything with my fucking time here. If I'm lucky even to get to 63, it's not guaranteed. You know, but it's just like, do you do you always just want to have like a a woulda, coulda mentality? Or do you want to have like, like I said, memories? 
Yeah, I think the 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 thing with psychedelics uh, being more a- accessible to people um, will help with that regard to most people. I think that's 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 basically what it's here to do to break yeah. those break those roadblocks away. But in general, I think we're all kind of doing the best we can at that time. Was what we 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 can kind of like get with, I guess, mentally. Yeah, it's um. I, I just because I've been watching this documentary on Netflix. It's called How to Change Your Mind, and they break down like four different psychedelics. And one's mushrooms, other ones um, LSD, I think, and then there's uh, mescaline, I think, is one. Another one is like uh, I can't remember. There's four though. I've only watched like three of them, I think. But like even like the the person they said that created AA did. LSD and that helped him create AA. Yeah, definitely. and they then then they say that like majority of the people that don't go back to drinking when they were doing the studies with LSD actually took LSD, but the ones that just did AA, nine out of ten went back to drinking again. Yeah. Do you think they used the LSD as a um, coping mechanism instead of going back to drinking? Like no. I'll just do LSD instead. No, okay. it was it was a case. You can't study. do it or not. Oh. <laughs> you can't do LSD enough to do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically, I mean, it just shows you that this stuff does reset people's brains. Cause like some people just have an addictive personality, you know, it's just like, uh, some people are genetically predisposed to certain things, you know, just some things you cannot control. But if you can try something that might be able to reset you and help you out, like even like cannabis, like weed, like, for like people with like pain. It's like, why can't you do that instead of taking some medication that's going to give you some side effects? It's like, cor- sorry, go ahead, David. I, I wasn't saying anything. Go ahead. Oh, it's kind of like what, what you just said, Tony, like when uh, Corey got that spider bite and then, you know, he ended up doing like Lortab after uh, they treated him with Lortab, you know, and then got opiate addiction from that. Yeah, like, and turn to heroin. Yeah, and like it, instead of like maybe giving them something different, they just boom, here's some Lord tabs, go for it, you know. And that's, yeah, that happens to a lot of my friends in Memphis. It's kind of uh, pretty sad to see a lot of my friends growing up were like that. Just like they got prescribed and ended up not 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 getting off of them. And it's uh, yeah, it's pretty t- uh, pretty tough to get off of. I just imagine it had to be impossible. I mean, it's so so hard, like. This thing, like, if you when you if they're when they don't have have any, and like what you know, like what they're stuck going through, like withdrawals, and then finally when they get it, they boom, they're back being good for like what an hour or something, and then they start to withdrawals again, right? Yeah. Well, it's just like you know, people do that shit, and like I said, you always you're always chasing that fucking high, you know, and then you you probably can't get the pill, then you go to the needle, and then if say you do get off it. And you're fine for a bit, and then you think you can go back to the doses you did before, then you end up ODing. Yeah, you know it's and it's just like even with this whole fentanyl that they're putting in coke and shit now, it's like fuck, man. Like, is that shit really worth your life? Like, if you could give somebody some coke and their life, are you gonna still choose the coke, or is the addiction that strong that you will choose the coke over your life? With fentanyl laced in it. Well, even Coke in general is not good. I mean, it can give people heart attacks and shit or fuck up your brain. But it's just like. Coke 
coke, like the original plant, is is actually like a decent plant, and it has a lot of benefits to it. But like when uh, they put the, you know, when they start cutting it with shit, when they know. start cutting it and stuff, yeah, it ends yeah. up being a whole, a whole different other drug. Yeah, it's it's just sad, man. Like how some people are addicted to some, like some people can do coke and be fine. Some people it ruins their fucking lives. Like I'm sure there's some people that could probably do heroin and be okay. You know, yeah. I think it just depends on who you are as a person and what your tolerance level is, and 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 how much you're doing of the particular thing. Yeah, I think it uh, could be bad in uh, out of moderation. Sex could be too much. You know, eating can be too much. You know, we can all push the line too far with certain things. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a uh, genetics, I guess, or or even like where you, I guess it's also like a status where you're at in life too. It's like uh, if you got something else to fall back on, you have to get something done or do something. You kind of get off of that and uh, I guess go back to your work or something where it's like, if you don't have anything else, uh, I guess like a, a role in society, you, you, you kind of just go back to the drug. Yeah. At least that's what, um, uh, Dr. Carl Hart was talking about anyway. On Joe Rogan yeah, was talking about, yeah, I, I listened to like, that one. He, he was talking about, there's no actual, like, uh, no actual, like addiction. It's just like, uh, um, there's no such thing as a drug addiction anyway. It's just like basically like personality types and genetics, I guess. Yeah, because I guess you could look at two people that say like two fighters. They can be in the same weight class, but then have two different bodies, but weigh the same, you know. And it's just like they're fighting in the same class, but clearly one looks different than the other one. So it's just like the brain. Like you can have two sets of brains, but internally one's completely different. One's wired different. One is more susceptible to certain things than other one is. The brain's a funny the, thing, man. What happened with the the MMA stuff in Memphis? Uh, Nick, he sold the company, and then he bought it back, and then he sold it again. So I think they just had a fight not too long ago in Tunica. Yeah, it was two yeah. weeks ago. But it's three. like it's by a company. I think the UFC owns the company now. Oh, really? Yeah. Or at least a streaming part of it. Or you guys still follow follow UFC any? I watch it, but not like I used to. All right. What about yourself? Yeah, I still watch it a lot. I'm a junkie. Do you do that? Uh, like those sports uh, book things on like the apps, like FanDuel and stuff. Do you do you do that? No, not really. I did it a little bit before in time, but not really. Uh, I, I just like watch. I like watching the matchups, the fights, really. Try to find one where there's a mismatch and try to get some money in there. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's the most recent one you bet on? Been a while. Which one was it? Oh yeah, I bet on uh, Nunes. Oh shit! You won some money then. Yeah, I was like, okay, let me look at this. I didn't know the girl. I didn't know the girl at first, and it's just like, then I go back. I was like, she's not beating Nunes again. <laughs> was <laughs> she the funny. underdog in that one? Uh, yeah, she's a huge underdog. Oh shit! Who was the one that walked? I mean, had crutches when she was going to the press conference. Is that Amanda Nunez? Is that okay? I was like, yeah. damn. Did you bet on the Holly Holm uh, Ronda Rousey fight? Uh, yeah. Did you bet uh, on Holly? Yeah. Damn that you mean? Because I heard people cleaned up on that fucking one. Yeah. Nobody gave her a shot. Like it was like what? Like minus. 
like 700 or something like that. Like it was big, man. I don't think I've been on that one actually. I'm not sure. But yeah, she was, she, that's crazy what happened to her though. That Ronda Rousey, she was like on top of the world and just like, just, just freaking. She was never the same. I know. Never the same. I don't know if something happens psychologically or if it's just like, they just like, something happens with people when they like lose. Yeah. They're so used to winning and they fucking lose and they never lost in their life or something. It's just like, they don't bounce back that easily. It's other people that's like been losing on their way up. Mm-hmm. You know, they can take that loss and keep going. But like someone who's like superstar and just fucking takes that loss. They take one or two losses. And just like, I can't do that. Well, you have her like who was on top of the world. You have somebody like Conor McGregor, you know, Conor McGregor wasn't undefeated coming into the UFC, but he did very well for a long fucking time. He was basically undefeated. Yeah. yeah. And then like, but you know how he took his loss, you know, like, you know, in the press, because he talks mad shit. But in the press conference, you know, he congratulated. Uh, who did he lose to? Um, Jose the, Aldo? No, he beat Jose Aldo. Maybe uh, Yeah, yeah. That was the first loss in the UFC. Yeah. And like he just took it like a on a chin, man. He didn't he didn't act like all boisterous or make excuse. Well, at least at the press conference, he didn't make excuses. And then like even when he lost to um, uh, Khabib, you know, he comes back and. He still tries to do it, but like Ronda Rousey, she kind of went into hiding when she lost, mm-hmm. you know, and like everybody handles di- shit differently. But I think if you're going to be that type of person, that's going to be one way when you're on top, you should probably just try, try to be that same way when you're on the way down too. Yeah. And I, like I said, I mean, I've never fought in front of millions of people <clears throat> before, so I don't know. But like, I think you respect people more when they're able to handle it like that. Definitely. Well, right now the rumor going around is John Jones versus Stipe for the title, interim title. Yeah, um, I want to see that. I would on that one. I would pick John. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Why? Well, I, I mean, I don't know much of. I mean, I know about John Jones more than I do like, uh, Stipe, but like, I mean, Daniel Cormier beat Stipe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nah, I got Daniel's you. smaller than John, and John's a good wrestler. And John's just yeah. massive, man. He's just a massive guy. I mean, like, if that guy didn't fuck up, he would be... I, I can't imagine how many titles he would have now. Mm-hmm. Like, if he could get out of his own way, like, how good would that guy be? Like, this fight is rumored for December 12th. So, you know. I mean, that guy's had so many opportunities, too, man. Like, that just shows you how far talent can take you. Because he was a talentless bum. <laughs> we would not be talking about him right now. You know, but if he wasn't if he wasn't crazy like that though, he probably wasn't be the fighter that he is because it's True. like it's, it's that risk, those risks that that people take, you know, that make him like whatever whatever niche he has. That he's a, he's the best that's ever ever fought. I think yeah. personally, yeah, because there's only one true loss is a DQ for that bullshit rule. You know. Oh, the elp straight down like this. Oh, I mean, then he has like the non or the no contest because of the steroid shit. But so, do you think he's actually juicing, or do you think Probably. it was like some kind of lab mix-up? I don't know. Because this know. is what Daniel Cormier says. He's like, if John would do street drugs, why would he not do something to help him with his performance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's that's what that that what got me thinking. <laughs> that, that, yeah. comment, that, comment, that comments would change my mind. Like, you might be right, but yeah, uh, I mean, because like I said, 
maybe it's a mentality thing. Yeah, but like maybe it's a mentality thing where he doesn't think he's good enough. Like maybe there's something in his head where he doubts himself. So he feels like he does have, even though he has all these amazing talents and physical attributes, mentally, maybe he's just mentally weak to that side of it. You know, I don't know. Well, you never know what's going on in someone's head. Was he the fighter that was hiding under the cage at one of yeah. their allegedly. Oh, alleged, yeah, allegedly yeah. Like for like eight hours while the doping guy was there? Well, what's the uh, the champs? Uh, Francis Nagu? How do you say his name? Francis Ngannou. Ngannou. He just said something. Um, the doping guy called him at five, showed up at his house at five a.m. He's like, "Bro, what the fuck is wrong with you? Next time, I'm gonna make you wait all day before I give you a sample." Yeah, I think at that at that level though, like you got you got to think like what percentage of the fighters are actually like like on steroids because you know like. You have you have to take the edge, like in almost everything that we do. People always take those edges, you know. Like you have to take the edge to to succeed, or even like there's it's very rare someone's just going to be cold, yeah. you know, cold clean and just like done it their whole life that way. Well, you see, they the, can get a little boost. You saw the baseball player just got suspended eighty gay eighty games. Uh, I forget what it's Tatis. He plays for the Pirates. And he's he came back and said, it's my fault that I I used the product without getting it tested for, you know, because they have those they have those um, avenues that can send, you know, ask coaches and players and whatever, you know, he's like, I didn't ask anybody, but it had a banned substance in it. So when he took the piss test, he tested positive MLB, MLB suspended him 80 games. It's like nope, gone. Eighty days. We don't care. They should let they should let those guys uh, juice up the. Well, they did. Players, they should be able. It's better for the sports. They should be able to knock that ball out the park. Well, home runs are always fun to watch, right? Nobody yeah. wants to watch a game that's like two to zero, or or like you just said, or one to zero. I want to see something that's like fifteen or like nine or something like that. Well, it's yeah. like they talk about like how when Vitor Belfort fought Michael Bisming, that's why Michael Bisming has one eye essentially now. Is because oh, really? he was like TRT Vitor back then, and he kicked him, and now his eyes completely fucked. You know, so is that, it's just is that like, how he, he he fucked his eye up. Mm-hmm, yep, and it's just like you know, it's different than baseball because you're not physically hitting somebody with the the bat. You know, so it's a little different with that. And like every single sport, I think advances with science. You know, and like shoes are always better. Like, I mean, if somebody wants to put something in their body, and it makes them better and everybody else on the even playing field is doing it, go at it. But I think if you have like one person doing it and another person not doing it, then it's fucked. Yeah. You think Barry Bonds ever gonna get in the Hall of Fame? I have no clue about that stuff about mm. baseball. It's like the only sport I, I really don't follow, but I know some of the names. Yeah. Yeah. Well you know he was part of that steroid ring Back in the day, they got busted, and they're keeping him out of the hall. Like, actually, he's not even eligible for eligible for the Hall of Fame anymore because it's been like five th- tries or something like that. But they, um, they, I mean, he's the best. He has the most home runs ever, and people are saying put him in. And then they say if you put him in, you got put put Pete Rose in, even though Pete Rose gambled on baseball, he didn't gamble on his team. So, yeah. 
Barry Bonds should be in there probably. I think he's like the best baseball player ever on those reports, they say, right? Like statistically, like, yeah, like on offensive records, yeah. Yeah. So what else is new in your life, David? Not much. Not, uh, Bitcoin. You, get, you guys mess with Bitcoin? I'd say, uh, yeah, I should probably try to invest in that. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get uh, into it? Um, I've been in it off and on. Um, I'm known about it forever, but haven't been able to financially get involved too, too much until recently. But, um, yeah, that's about it. By the dip. Yeah. Is that where is that right now? I'm not sure what it's at right now, but I mean, I keep getting, yeah, I get fluctuations because I follow more Ethereum. But it like goes up and down. Up, I get alerts all day long. Ethereum's at this. Ethereum's up. You know, it's down. Yeah. Are you in the NFTs or are you just strictly in the no. coins? No, just Bitcoin. Because I was looking at like the way they looked at Bitcoin. They look at. They said you should look at it more like software instead of a coin, because mm-hmm. the technology, like the blockchain and stuff like that, is more advanced than just looking at it just as a a monetary thing. When somebody broke it down like that, I was like, okay, that makes some sense. And just like NFTs, they're like, don't look at NFTs as like a JPEG or a picture. Look at it as something that's holding Ethereum for you. Like like I have a couple of NFTs, and basically it's like I'm holding my Ethereum in those things. And then if it has a utility too, I think that's a good aspect of it also. But it's all a gamble, man. It's all a risk, yeah, it but it's like I'd rather be in the pool than not be in the pool. Have yeah, you, exactly. Have you bought any more recently, Tony? Or are you still at like what ten or something like that? Ten what? NFTs? No, I haven't bought any more uh, NFTs. Well, my thing is on it. It's just like if you see the the most intelligent people in the world in it, mm-hmm. which is obviously there is the most intelligent people in the world are into like Bitcoin and that stuff. So I said, uh, you might want to put your toes in there and see, see where it yeah. goes because you don't want to get left behind. Yeah, it's, when it's also a, an opportunity for uh, people like us to just have a, a have some sort of wealth for, for the future if it does take off. Because like we're probably not going to get have another chance like that. Yeah. To uh, to 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 come into that sort of money anyway, if it you know just expands so so much further. I mean, you have to look at it like just like you said. If the place where the Lakers play changed their name. To like, um, what is it? Uh, it's not Coinbase. It's some exchange. I can't remember what exchange it is. And then like the UFC is even in like crypto.com. I saw that Kevin O'Leary went to the Bitcoin conference down in fucking Miami a couple months back. You know, Mark Cuban's talking about it. Right. You know, it's and you see commercials for it now. Like these people are putting money into this, man. They're not just doing it just to be doing it. They're looking, they see it as an opportunity to to make some cash off people. So it's like if they're gonna do it, why wouldn't we do it? Well, and it's like you don't money. even have to you don't even have to buy a whole I think maybe this is if the people think maybe it's like stocks, but like it's like people think like you gotta buy a whole coin and they're like, oh, okay, that's intimidating. I don't have twenty thousand dollars laying around. Yeah. But if you can buy fractions of it and then over time, you know, you'll have some shit when it goes back up. It's uh yeah, exactly. crypto, crypto.com. Is not what it's called now. Is that the Staples Center? Mm-hmm. It used to be the Staples Center, yeah. yeah. That's, See, that's, I think that's like, what the Heath Stadium's called, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, you know, there's 
I don't know. It's and it, the way it's so easy now, with like Coinbase and um, Robinhood and the, all these other exchanges. Like back in the day, when you had to mine your own shit. It was intimidating. Like I remember when I first started buying coins. Like some of the coins I have, like I would have to go to one exchange. I would have to buy it with like Bitcoin or Ethereum, and then I would have to go to an exchange and exchange it out, and then buy the coin that I wanted to buy. Now you can just use you know, regular dollars or credit cards and get that shit. Dang, you were doing it back in the day, huh? Yeah, I started, well, I didn't start it like super, super early, but like some of the stuff like before, like some of the stuff that I have now, I think I, when I first bought was like 2016, 2017. Mm. But I've heard of, like you, I heard about it like in 2010, 2011, but I just right. didn't know anything about it, man, which I wish, exactly. you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Did, did you know anybody, <clears throat> did you know anybody then that had it like back in 2010 and stuff? See, I wonder if Josh, because Josh was really into that like mm. computer shit. So I wonder if he probably Josh would probably be like a fucking billionaire right now. We never even fucking know. Yeah, like all the all the poker players, all the old poker tournament players, they're all super rich off that shit. They're fucking all all were like saying buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, or yeah. all like it's the future. And it's just like all the like the smartest people just all all are in it and just like just watch it go up. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I mean, even saw like. Like, remember, like, when the, uh, what was it, the Silk Road? Like, that's how that guy made all his fucking money. Yeah. And then he got it seized, unfortunately, because he was doing some, he wanted to get somebody killed. But, like, you know, he had the idea that, okay, I can have people buy all their drugs from me using crypto. And then he had all that in his fucking wallet, and the government took it because he tried to get some guy killed. Yeah, that story is crazy. That's a wild fucking story. That, that man. documentary is pretty pretty sick. Yeah. Are you watching anything new? Uh, no. Yeah, I got something for me to watch. I need to find something. Man, what did I watch the other day? I watched. Uh, I watched something. Uh, I saw something on Netflix called Street Street Food, which was I watched one episode. It was pretty good. Currently, I'm watching Alone on Netflix. Oh yeah, I love that man because like those people are. Doing some wild fucking shit, man. What's the like, show about? They're alone in the wilderness. I mean, it's called alone. Oh, I didn't know like where or anything. Like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like, you just said you're we talked about alone, right? we're talking about alone before. So yeah. it's kind of like a naked and afraid, but yeah, but you're alone. Like, so there's but, no camera crew. No, they have GoPros and they have like two. Oh, big so it's like really have. alone. Yeah. So like, how long do you think you could survive in a survival situation, David? I don't even want to think about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I what I always think like all these people that are like these alpha males who think they're so fucking tough. Like if if somebody shut down the power and we had no access to get like food, like everything we're like in like a Mad Max situation. I think most of us would be fucked, man. Yeah, it's possible for that shit to happen, though. People think like yeah, it's so true here. We, here here we had like an ice storm. We didn't have no power for like two weeks. Damn. Uh, or it was coming like off and on, or just like real sketchy. We didn't have no water for like two weeks. I don't know if it was power, but like power was kind of off too. But it's just like just shows you we don't have that much that much control over what actually happens or in, in our life uh, yeah. for, in that regard too. Because I saw this thing too. It's like you know you think you own your money, but like once you put it in the bank, the bank owns it, and it's basically like you have an I. They owe you an IOU. So like if they freeze all they they're frozen from everything you can't get any fucking money out you have no cash what are you gonna barter with people you yeah, know exactly. eventually some stuff's gonna you can only have stuff that's perishable for so long 
you know, or you know you have to go like non perishable shit. But man, it's like fuck, man. It's scary, man. Like thinking about that. But that's a real like say like these other like China or Russia wants to shut our power grids down. What are we gonna do? Right. You know that the bank doesn't even like some smaller branches of like say a big bank like First Tennessee. They don't even have that much. Like, say you want to go to the bank and withdraw a hundred thousand dollars, they more than likely don't even have a hundred thousand dollars on hand. You have to come back like a day later to get it because they have to get the money shipped from somewhere back to you. That's, that's like the thing. That's why. That's why they're making the crypto thing so valuable for people because like the uh, the the way the the banks work with money and stuff and 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 how much power they have over your money and stuff is uh is that's why people are, are shying away from like give from actual like banking as yeah. as it used to be where like the newer kids probably now aren't, aren't even like trusting the banks at all like the newer generations you know it's also they're doing like like you said, they're not going to like first Tennessee branch locations. They're doing everything online and all those online banks are giving you so much more return on what's your interest than these traditional banks are. Right. Well, just think about like if you deposit, like one time I deposited a check, it was like over 10,000 and I couldn't, I had to wait like a couple of days before it even hit my account, but it's my fucking money. Right. And it's like, what the fuck, man? It's it's uh it's some foul shit sometimes with these banks. And like and like let's say someone let's say you 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 like send somebody money or something or whatever and they just like they just you know decide uh decide to just like cut your money cut you off because they, they thought you you're doing something wrong or something and it's yep. just like you, you don't have any you don't have any power over your own money yeah. regardless if you're doing it right or wrong. Like I was talking to a buddy of mine today and we were just talking about how like, you know, they always predict these crashes and shit like that. And it's like, you know, some things you can predict, like as far as there's going to be a hurricane, there's going to be an earthquake or there's going to be like flooding or something like you can have predictions, but you can't control it per se. Financially, if you're going to say there's going to be a financial crash, it seems to me like there's a puppet master behind it. Because, I mean, it's all man-made. Like, yeah. every financial institution is man-made. Money's man-made. You know, like, granted, you know, shit happened in the world the last couple of years. But it's still, like, it's still people that made the decisions to shut shit down. You know? So it's just, I don't know, man. We're in a, I think there's, like, uh, we're living Wizard of Oz and there's somebody behind the curtain. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I'm the wizard. But they're like, there's some fucking man pulling the fucking strings. Yeah. Would you uh would, would either one of y'all would y'all either ever take your money out of a bank like the traditional bank that we know of? You're looking to get robbed then. Well, not like keep it at home or like whatever. Where are you gonna but, put it? You gonna put it in the ground? That's a Big possibility. <laughs> there you Big go. Corn. You could transfer it, or you you know I don't know. Like I always hear people or see people talking about this. Oh yeah, I don't trust banks anymore, and this, and they talk about pulling their money. I just wonder That's like what, if they're ever that, pulling their money or not. A lot of people are putting it into the Bitcoin and the, and the, those those markets because you're you're able to use those use those uh, use those coins a little bit more accessible now, and it's going to be a little bit more of that in the future. So, like when you got like your winnings, could you have asked them to pay you in Bitcoin? No, nah. they don't even give you that option. Because I remember there was like I think it was Roy McDonald when he was fighting for Bellator. And he said he wanted his contract to be paid in Bitcoin. It's like a couple of years back when Bitcoin was like kind of booming. Yeah. 
Just imagine if they would have got rid of that. A lot of people have done that. Yeah. NFL player, a couple of NFL players have done it. Yeah. It's a risk. But anything's a risk. I mean, playing that sport's a risk. Well, the thing, his contract, when he signed it and got the Bitcoin, it was like, what, like 18 million or something. But when Bitcoin went down, like where it is, like really low, it only ended up being like worth like, I think like, one million his contract so like you know it's, a, it's definitely like tell me yeah, the risk is definitely there but if it went super yeah. high his contract could have been worth 50 million yeah you know so like because haven't you heard like i think they're predicting it to be like a hundred thousand dollars a coin pretty soon and i think the ethereum they're talking about is going to be the next one that's going to pop off so it's i know like the top three that i know of is a bitcoin Ethereum and Litecoin are the ones that they're saying like are actually have like real life access. And we kind of see that Ethereum definitely has because that's how I have to buy all my NFTs are in uh, Ethereum. Now, I think there's another network called like a Solana. I think some people are using. Yeah, a lot of people are on it. Yeah. Because I know like the gas fees is what kills people uh, most of the time. Because I think when those board apes came out, they were like fairly cheap. But like the gas fees would be more than the fucking NFT is worth. And sometimes if you see they're like, fuck, I'm not going to pay $100 in gas fees for this $10 fucking picture. And then now look at the fucking board extra worth like $700,000 or something insane, man. Yeah. It's like I said, it's all a gamble, man. What's the next big NFT collection? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Board Apes are the king. I would say CryptoPunks are the king because they're original. So it'd be CryptoPunks and then probably like World of Women and Bored Apes. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm riding high on the Gary V train, man. Uh, I've got I've got two of his, and then like when I got his, it gave me like two boxes of collectibles also. So like I've seen like people are selling the collectibles on like eBay, but I'm just gonna keep mine because like he's trying to build. What is it? Oh, I'm sorry. What do you say? What is it? Uh, so he has like these different characters. He's trying to be Disney, basically, or like cartoons. He's trying to tap into that market, and like now he's even done stuff with like uh, what is one of those like DraftKings? I think is one of the, his sponsors now. Holy cow! Uh, he's got some Empathy Wine with some wine company. He has something with like Johnny Walker. Um, I don't know. That guy's savvy, man. Like people, like a lot of people don't like him. They think he's like a huckster or whatever, but. Personally, he's not making us buy anything. You know, he's not put a gun in my fucking head and made me buy two of his NFTs. You know, I took the risk and bought them. You shouldn't buy anything you can't afford to lose, you know? So, like I said, I'm just that type of person, like, if I have the money at the time, why not take it? And then, like, that money's gone. Like, I don't even think about that money. I would have spent on some dumb shit anyways, probably. I mean, there's people that go every every weekend and get drunk. They could have bought the same thing I bought. With the bar tabs that they probably have, you know, but I don't know, man. Like you said, I think crypto is something that is something that can give us an even playing field, like the average person that wasn't born into exactly. fucking wealth. Well, it gets it gets it gives the people more power into their own money, more control of their of their own money compared to the um, the banks and I guess the government. Now, see, that's the thing too. I think like. A lot, of, a lot of greed has fucked up the crypto space because a lot of these meme coins have made people lose a shit ton of money. Like I said, going back to no one's making you buy the thing. You know, sometimes people buy it because they hear somebody talk about it. Like the whole when Dogecoin got really booming because of Elon Musk and 
which I wish I would have bought that like when it was shit, <laughs> shit pennies. But uh, it went back down, right? Yeah, it's like nothing. I don't think now. But I think like some places take it because I think the Dodgers were taking it. I know Tesla takes it to buy some of their merch. On uh, AMC movie theaters are taking it. Dogecoin, yeah. So it's I mean, not worth anything, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's not worth anything anymore. But it's just like that guy. Do you remember that story of that guy that bought Bitcoin? He bought like three pizzas for like X amount of Bitcoin. And yeah. that would be worth like fifty million or something stupid. Yeah. So it's just like you know, I mean, it's all it's all a risk, man. But yeah, I, I just actually saw that story the other day again. It was two pizzas for two Bitcoin. Yeah, so that would be what like forty thousand dollars <laughs> now or something. Yeah, but at one point it was all. I mean, it's like there was or no ten for two pizzas for ten thousand Bitcoin. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, and like. It's like, I don't know what the Bitcoin value was then, but someone took a risk on that. Do you think the person, the pizza chain or whoever was like, I'll do this. Like that person was like, do you think they still have that Bitcoin? Or do they probably got rid of it? Like maybe months or years later, because it ain't shit. Well, it's like the guy that created Dogecoin. I think he sold all his Doge and bought like a Toyota Corolla. (laughs) So like if he would have fucking kept all his Doge, he'd be probably worth a billionaire now. And it's just like even there was another coin. Oh, fuck. What was it? Chibu? No. These people gave the guy that created Ethereum like a billion dollars, something insane worth of their coin. They put it in his wallet. I think he ended up giving like most of it to some place in India. And then he ended up burning the other part of it. Because I think I have the coin. I can't think of what, what coin it is right now. But like... I don't know, man. Like, we we pay for stuff with shiny coins and and cards and green dollars that somebody once valued. So why can't we do the same thing with this digital asset? That's basically what we're banking on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think if most people get on board and they start seeing, because like if you could get it to people in other countries like that don't have banking. Um, you know, like once the internet starts, you know, booming in other places, I think it's gonna it's gonna set up a chain reaction. Well, like like uh, El Salvador, you can already use it in most of most of their places. Like all the country, I think it's part oh, of wow. like their digital part of their digital currency. And uh, Honduras is also also have been doing something where it's like a town where it's like you can. Uh, you can use uh, bitcoins as, or, or, or yeah, bitcoin as, as like your digital currency there too. So it's like in those third world countries, that's like mainly like the big uh, thing is with money is like the uh, the corruption with where the money goes when people would like actually like try to do anything positive, it just gets in the wrong hands. So it's like they're giving the uh, the power some somewhat back to the people. Yeah, yeah, I think that. That's like the beauty of the blockchain. You can see where the shit has started from like day one. But I think this is the thing too that like, I think I was about to say earlier, but like with the meme coins, I think a lot of greed has kind of muddied the crypto space. And so I wonder if that's going to bring in regulation. Yeah. You know, because like there's some people that they will do that pump and dump, man. You'll have these influences. I wonder if a lot of these people are going to finally come. They're going to get their, their day in court. Like they'll like, like the Jake Pauls and Paris Hiltons and Lana Rhodes. Like I wonder if all these things where they were pumping these coins to their their and even Kim Kardashian were pumping the coins to their followers, 
and then they got the people to buy it. Then they took theirs out, and then their people were left with shit. Yeah. But like I said, nobody made you buy it. But if enough people get mad and they get in the right hands, did you ever see like, oh, this is the thing I watched. It was uh, the most hated man on the internet. It's about mm-hmm. that Hunter Moore and that website. It was called Is Anyone Up? And it basically was like a revenge porn website. And all these people got their pictures posted. And this one girl got her shit posted. And her mom was like determined to get it taken down. And she's basically got Hunter Moore sent to jail for like stealing it. You know, spoiler. They were stealing the people's pictures. But um, and some people were submitting. But originally he was stealing pictures from people. And. But it's just like if you have that one like fucking bloodhound that's fucking hounding you and hounding you. If there's somebody like in that crypto space, like somebody's mom is like, I'm going to fucking take down these people. Then maybe the government will come down and and regulate it. So was the crime or is the crime deceiving people? I guess that's what they would go up for them. No. You're talking about the Hunter Moore thing? No, the um, like the coins. Oh, yeah. Like they're like they're hucking. They're hucksters, man. They're they're telling people that it's a pump and dump. It happens like. Like in stock market all the time. Yeah. Like people do it in a small on a smaller scale and uh in stock market where they get you to buy, you know, cheap coins for a few for a few pennies and then they you you go, it makes it go up to a dollar or something, they they get out and then you're still holding the coin and it drops <laughs> right back in. Yeah, because like there's a couple of guys I follow on Instagram who were making like tens of thousand dollars, you know, like putting barely any money into these coins, but like they would be either like pumping it and then their followers would buy it. And they would go up to a lot, and then they would pull their money out. There's some, there was a guy who made, oh, shit. It was like, I think he put $100 into, I can't remember what coin it was. But he put $100 into it, and it it, it skyrocketed. And he was like, his. it was worth like $3.4 billion or some shit like that. And I don't even know if they even cashed it out. But it's just crazy, man. But like so that just goes back to greed though. Sometimes with greed it it that's in any aspect of life though. Like just look at anytime like a tragedy happens, there's always people that are like, Hey, uh, this is a coronavirus task force, blah blah blah. Can you donate money to this? Or, you know, like when Hurricane Katrina happened, or you know, just name some tragedy. There's always gonna be people that look to take advantage of people. And it's the same thing in that space with the crypto. Just unfortunately, like a lot of people demonize that kind of like we we're talking about, like psychedelics. We were going to pinpoint those people and think everybody in that space is like that. Not yeah. everybody's trying to do bad. There's more people doing good than bad, but the bad people are the ones that have the microscope on them. You know, but I don't know, man. It's just. This is the, the journey we're on, man. We're spending this fucking spinning rock. But uh, so I don't want to take up too much more of your time, hey. David. What? Uh, so the person that bought the pizzas, I'm sorry, I went back to this. I'm sorry. Um, was a 19 year old guy named Jeremy Stewart Stuvent or something like that, and it cost him forty one dollars to buy those two pizzas for the ten thousand Bitcoin. I wonder if this motherfucker still has any of that Bitcoin. And this was uh, this was in 2010. He most definitely had it. If he was buying it, was it then? He most definitely had some. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I know I've heard stories where people had the coins and then they saw that it got to like $50 or $600 and they thought that was it until then they sold it. So, like, some people don't hold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. Would you hold? Would you still have the Bitcoin, you think, David? I know Tony definitely would still have the Bitcoin. 
if I had money, I would still have it, but it yeah. just depends on my, my, my quality, my, my lifestyle probably. Yeah. Well, it's just like, I was listening to uh, tiger belly, uh, Bobby Lee's podcast with, and Tia Carrera was on there and she had a house like in like West Hollywood or something. And she ended up selling it. And she's like, that's one of my regrets. I wish I would have fucking hold on to that property because you don't realize how stuff's going to value over time. And sometimes like David to David's point, if you're in a bad spot, and you need some money mm-hmm. and you have an asset that you can sell. You know, Definitely. you're going to sell it. But if you have fuck you money, you're probably not going to sell it unless you're like a gambler, man. Some people are just gamblers, you know, they'll, they'll risk it all on, on whatever. But I don't know. It's it's all circumstances, man. And it's, it's like I said, it's it's all a gamble, man. Everything we do is a gamble in life. But like I was saying, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I appreciate this, man. Uh, I like to ask this question to people. It's like this whole thing about giving flowers to people. Like it's like giving appreciation while they're still alive. So who in your life would you like to give appreciation to? Uh, that's always my mom, probably. Oh, it's going to be my mom. My appreciation for my mom. Yeah. Because without, I mean, yeah, like that's a tried and true man because like without our parents we wouldn't be here in the first place and then some people have better parents than others you know like some people have loving parents and it's unfortunate that some people don't have that or that some people probably take advantage of that situation when they do have good parents Um, yeah some people have two good parents and that's a big plus (laughs) yeah it's like i always see these things on like mother's day or father's day it's like if you have somebody that you can call you should call them you know but um I know. I think that's just sometimes human nature. I mean, I, we don't always know what's people's circumstances, why they don't have they have strained relationships with their family. But if you do have a good relationship with your family, I think that's a, a good thing, you know, or you have somebody that's not your blood family that could be your family. You know, there's some people Definitely. that have nobody in their fucking life. And to have people that care about you and wish well for you is is better than some people have, because there's a lot of people that are hurting, man. Like this whole thing, like this, I posted this thing that like the other day, like suicide and depression are real. And like, there are people out there, you can see them and they'll have a smile on their face, but internally they're fucking hurting and they don't have any outlet to go to anybody. So like, if you can give somebody some kind words or show them that you're there, you're there for them, maybe they won't take themselves out. Yeah, Definitely. Be kind of people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other two questions are, what's your advice for people and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? Uh, repeat that again. <laughs> uh, what's your advice for people and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? I'm not sure about the mark, mark, but advice for people. I don't know. Take chances. Mm. Take the risk. Go for it. Have you ever thought about like documenting your story for people? Um, not really. Cause I mean, you have a real fucking true champion story, man. You guys, like I said, you guys grew up where you grew up. You had the experiences that brought you here. You've played pool. You were a professional poker player. You know, like I said, there's, you can inspire probably a lot of fucking people. For sure. 
maybe one day when that when that story gets a little bit more more, more fruitful, I, I want the story stories to keep going right now. Though. Yeah, <laughs> you can write your book after you win the main tournament um, yeah. main event at World Series. Come, come back and win that. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then it'd be a nice story. Because do you ever see people like I said everybody is dealing with something? But do you ever see people that are post shit and like they're griping or they're not doing something with your lives? And then you look at your situation, you're like, I'm doing this with something, you know, I, I came from a different place than you did. Like you, not everybody starts at the same starting line. So it's just like, if you're able to do this and somebody physically has every attribute and they're not doing anything with that, like, it's like, why? Like what, what mentally is stopping you from achieving your goals? Oh, it's gonna be trauma stuff. I don't know. Yeah, trauma. Like I said, I mean, everybody, everybody's dealing with some shit. But it's just like you know, if you do have internal things, fucking work it out. You know, like yeah, but but the uh, the uh, the 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 ability to even try to work it out or have the consciousness to even to even look at that aspect of your life is kind of a gift in itself, you know, just mm. like, like you guys even being able to look at, look at what you want to do or, or go work out or like feel good about yourself in a certain way or know to know how, or even know how to feel good. You should know, like the, those things are kind of like a blessing to us to even have that, have, have that, uh, have that, 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 that type of insight, you know, where someone just like, doesn't know that going to gym is going to make them feel good, you know, like, like, or like take away that the, you know, hitting the sauna, it's going to like, you know, help out with that anxiety that you got that, that, you know, like for me, the sauna helps so much, you know, just based on my, my daily depression or anxiety that, you know, you randomly get everybody gets, I think. And, uh, but it, it helps, you know, it, it, it will make it go away and you're going to feel better when you, after you spend 20 minutes in a sauna. Mm. yeah like like i said like you said i guess it's the whole thing of i think my problem sometimes is i i think people should think like i think and like you have to realize that not everybody is going to have the same mentality as you and just because you want something for somebody doesn't mean they want it for themselves you can't wish for something more than somebody wants it for themselves and so i think that's something i need to work on um and also, I think some people may be just like they say nose blind. Like you can go into your house and you don't smell a smell. And then you go to somebody else's house and you're like, oh, what is that smell? And they don't smell it because they're so used to it. Definitely. So maybe they're just blinded by their own, you know, they're in their own way. Um, or you got you to gotta say we're all fortunate for to, to even be able to do anything. Like even you, like saying you're in your own mindset and you want this for a certain person. But like you got to... Uh, be fortunate that you're capable of even doing that stuff because like a lot of people just are stuck in their head and just tough, tough, tough for them to even get out, get, get off the couch. You know? Yeah. It's uh, like, I was thinking about this yesterday. I think like there's certain people in my life that now, like I'm just going to accept them for who they are. Like you can't, you can't um, start putting your ideas on people because like I said, they're not ready to do something. You know, you're not, you shouldn't waste your time on people that don't want to uh, improve. Like, that's just wasted energy. I could be focusing more on myself and doing something else and doing some, trying to help somebody else that's not trying to improve their life. 
Yeah, I mean, you just got to appreciate people for who they are and kind of try to do your thing. Yeah. And uh, I think that's kind of what they try to teach you in yoga is just uh, just kind of let people be themselves. And, you know, you can't really, like, force anything on anybody, even even if you want to want them to see, see them do better. Yeah. It's like uh, you just got to just keep pushing, man. Just keep pushing. Well, David, I appreciate it, man. Um, next time you come in town hit us up yeah definitely you guys you guys take it easy man keep doing your thing thanks man you too bro all right man all right bye later